welcome to Feel, Pray, Love, a podcast devoted to bravely looking beneath the surface of ourselves and the world around us. This is a place where emotions are valued messengers, where life never happens on accident, and where every single part of you is welcomed. Thank you for being exactly who you are and for showing up here today. My name is Nikki Sunshine. Hello again, my friends, and welcome back to another week, another juicy, dripping wet, jam-packed episode of the Feel, Pray, Love podcast. I am your host, Nikki Sunshine, and I'm so grateful to be in your ear. (laughs) Now, today I will be bringing you the first interview with another human being in quite some time, and I'm so, so excited to tell you more about that and deliver you the goods. So just hang tight for a moment. Um, a couple quick announcements here. <laughs> I, I just have to share, I'm coming at you guys on a beautiful, beautiful day in Bali, Indonesia. Yes, I'm still here for a few more weeks. And there's been this beautiful dance between the sun and the clouds all day, but no rain has fallen yet. Um, it's gone through like periods of that windy pre-storm vibe and I'm running outside and bringing my organic soybeans in so they don't get wet because I'm drying them to make tempeh. (laughs) And then within 10 or 15 minutes, it's bright and sunny again and I'm dancing and then it's cloudy again and I'm cuddling up and um, yeah, it's just been one of those days where I really feel myself moving with the weather and uh, now we're, we're in a little sunny period moving into another cloudy period and I've got loca rose cuddled up on the table here yes I let my cat cuddle up on the table (laughs) let's be real she does whatever she wants she's the queen around here I just live here this is actually her house (laughs) yeah and I'm just so grateful to be here and be alive and um He's speaking with all of you right now. So I just wanted to share some of my gratitude. You know, I'm, I'm like many of you in a space of transition and uh, I, I go through waves of, of grief, of sadness and of excitement and joy for what's being rebirthed as I let go of this life I lead in Bali. And um, I just keep riding the waves and the undercurrent of all of that underneath those waves is this foundation of trust, right? Are you familiar with that? This foundation of trust. It's like, even in the painful moments, even in the grieving moments, I know I can trust what's happening, right? I know I can trust my guidance. And I'm at a point in my own devotional journey where it seems that nothing will ever be able to steer me off the path of my my guidance, be it all the comfort in the world, the most beautiful home, which I basically live in now, an incredible partnership, which I have now, um, 
Yeah, that's that's a space I'm resting more firmly in is the place of pure, full-hearted devotion to the divine and wherever the divine leads me. So maybe you can resonate, maybe not. <sighs> yeah. So as you guys know, I announced this last week, I believe. I now have a Patreon page and it's up and running. Why on earth do I have a Patreon page? Well, my loves, um, this project, aka the podcast, and really all the content I put out there, if you guys are with me on Instagram or the email list or Facebook, um, you know that I have a whole channel of endless, uh, valuable IGTV videos. I make posts regularly. I host free workshops all the time. Um, and so it used to just require my time to do all these things. And um, I was at a space in my life where I was happy to put in the, the time to work a regular job and make money and then also do all this on the side for no money. And then eventually that grew into a business that was able to support me just enough. And now I'm at a point where I have this team who runs the podcast for me. And what I know is that in order to keep this podcast going, I need to be able to keep paying that team to produce it because I'm no longer in a space where I am available for producing and editing and doing all those things. Um, I just sit here and record the juicy, juicy dankness and send it off to my beautiful team of angels. So I decided to make a, po uh, not a pod, being a, uh, what's it called? Patreon. <laughs> there it is, a Patreon. And, you know, I've received so many messages over the years from people who have just received so much value from my page, this podcast. Many have told me it's, it's like I got a free therapist. Um, and so if that's really how you feel and if this show and if the content I put out there um, with so much love is of service to you and you could put a value on it in terms of dollars, I invite you to go head on over to the Patreon it's a really not only sweet and heartfelt, but also practical way to say thank you and help me to keep this podcast alive. Um, yeah, so the lowest tier starts at $6.66 a month. Yeah, I chose 666 because I love the darkness. <laughs> um and it goes all the way up to $99 a month. So there's different tiers and each tier gets, you know, different little bonuses included with it. Just more ways to step more intimately into my world. And your support is so greatly appreciated. Um, my goal is to make around $370 to $400 a month. That's about how much I need, excuse me, to pay the team. Um, and anything after that is just like a huge blessing from the gods affirming to me that I really can live freely and, and um, really live my passion and, and, and follow my mission and actually get paid for it in that way. So um, we'll see where it goes, but this is fairly new. Please head on over. The link is in the show notes. At least check it out. 
Um, by the time you guys are hearing this, there should already be some exclusive content up for my Patreon family. So everyone, no matter what price tier you pick, gets access to all the Patreon exclusive content, including little bonus chats or episodes, videos, um, dance parties, posts. Oh, there we go. Posts, all the things. Um, so I will start taking some of my content off social media that I would normally put there and um, funneling it into this Patreon exclusive family as a huge thank you for supporting me and this mission. And, um, you know, when you, when you support me in keeping this mission alive, you support others in reaching and finding this platform and this community, which may be exactly what they need. So that is that. Um, hmm. Yeah, okay, one final announcement. I want to try something. It's a little bit of an experiment. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I had the idea today, and I thought, fuck it, why not? So I would like to offer a present to you. Um, what that present looks like isn't exactly clear yet. It depends on who you are, um, and particularly who the winner of this little game will be. Uh, could be a one-on-one -on -one session, could be access to one of my online courses, um, could be something else that we come up with together, um, but I'm thinking it'll be something in that realm, an online course, free access, or a one-on-one -on -one session with me. Here's how you enter, folks. I would love to get more ratings and reviews on, pod on Apple Podcasts for this show. Why, you ask? Because every single rating and review helps to put this podcast higher in the rankings. And so when this podcast is higher in the rankings on Apple, let's say, and someone goes and searches healing, um, and they're looking for a podcast on healing, which this podcast, of course, is all about, then mm, this podcast will show up in their search results. Right, so the the less popular a podcast is, the less likely someone who is in need of it is likely to find it. Does that make sense? Okay, great. So here's the little contest. I only want to make this last a week because I want to give that one-on-one -on -one session away before I leave for Turkey. So one week from the release of this episode is how long the contest will go. Here's the rules. You leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So this means on your phone where you're listening, you scroll all the way to the bottom. Sometimes it takes a minute to load the, uh, the ratings and reviews, but just keep moving your fingers in the downward position, scrolling down, and eventually you'll see the ratings and reviews. Then you hit leave a review. You click one through five stars, and you leave a review that feels authentic. Okay? I hope there's no hateful reviews out there but if that that's what feels true for you write it down like I'm not here to ask you to lie for me I'm just here to ask you to put your true feelings on a screen and click send <laughs> so if you leave a rating and review take a screenshot of that review and send that screenshot to hello at Nikki Sunshine I'm sorry, hello, Nikki Sunshine at gmail.com. In the subject line, put podcast review. Everyone who enters within the week, so that's the when, by the Wednesday after this show is released, since these episodes are released on Wednesdays. If 
here in the US and Canada, will be entered. Then I will post a video of me doing a random drawing of all the names on Instagram. I will pick one winner and the winner will get most likely a free one-on-one -on -one session from me, unless for some reason um, that isn't aligned or doesn't make sense, then I will give them a free online course. So this is the contest. Go ahead and pause this episode now and make your entry if you feel excited about this. Um, let's see how it goes. I hope that this brings more eyes on the show. <sighs> okay. Oh, wow. There's just this beautiful black butterfly who just flew by. It's incredible. <laughs> okay, my loves. Let's go into this. I have such an incredible guest today. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. Her name is Shoshana Raven. This woman is a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, we know each other back from Colorado. She's also a teacher. I've enrolled myself in a number of her workshops and courses. And um, she's just a fucking inspiration, man. This woman's incredible. Uh, so Shoshana is a business and leadership coach for heart-centered women claiming their voice and growing community-centric businesses. In 2015, she left corporate America for a one-way ticket to India. After she traveled 30-plus countries while side-hustling with a career in freelance business journalism and yoga, she ended up launching her podcast, which is called Living Brave. Please go check that out. This platform quickly expanded into international retreats, sold out signature coaching programs, and a global movement of shame-slaying, way-paving leaders, healers, and teachers. Living Brave grew organically from $0 to nearly $600,000 in revenue in a single year, you guys. And this woman is so organic in the way that she markets and shares her programs. That's why I'm so blown away by her. Her mission is to break shame and stigma and inspire true connections. And so in line with this mission, she speaks openly about taboos, including her own positive genital herpes status. And this is one of the most incredible things about Shosh. She took this highly taboo stigma, you know, positive STD status and basically told the world about it and made a whole podcast and movement about it. So this woman is incredibly inspiring. I'm so honored to have her on the show as a guest. And we talk about so many things in today's episode. Some of the things including shame and how to turn shame into our superpower, right? Uh, we talk about when life gives you circumstances and how to look at what you're avoiding and, and find the lessons and the blessing in those painful circumstances. We go into this really juicy conversation that I am all about right now, which is the ethical responsibility of healers and light workers and space holders to heal themselves, including our relationship with money. Right? So we talk about creating intimacy with money and how to heal our relationship with money and, and find ourselves in this intimate, yummy dance with financial liberation and wealth. We talk about money's relationship to shame and how a lot of us hold seen or unseen shame around money and that's what stops us from magnetizing it. 
And Shoshana shares some practical ways to begin healing our money story. So we're going to leave you guys with some actual tips and, and things you can walk away with starting today. Uh, we talk about feminine leadership and how that impacts relationships, specifically, you know, how to be a leader and a badass CEO or a, or a leader in your trade as a woman while still remaining in that feminine place right? A, a fear of mine for so long was that I would become a leader and then I would be so masculine I couldn't attract a masculine partner. So we kind of dismantle that false story. Um, yeah, we talk about being a CEO and a leader and having a delicious partnership with Shoshana does. So we, we go into her personal relationship with her partner a bit there. And we even go into a little, a few little tidbits from one of Shoshana's courses. Um, and we talk about the attachment styles with money and how she teaches that, which was really eye-opening for me personally. So there's a lot here. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. Thank you so much for being here. And let's dive on into this juicy conversation with Shoshana Raven. Okay, beautiful, beautiful, brave souls. Welcome back. Um, I am here on this day with an incredible woman, a dear friend, a teacher, a mentor. And yeah, I just can't wait to introduce you to her. So Shash, welcome to Feel, Pray, Love. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just dropping in with you from across the world. I feel so lucky. <laughs> Yeah, it's really special. We get to do this across space and time. It's not even the same day in our worlds right now. It's so cool how we can we can make this connection. And uh, like I was telling you before we hit record, I've I've always felt you'd come on the show. And then um, just recently, after I was enrolled in your quantum wealth activation, incredible healing portal container, um, it really felt right to have you on here. So. I'm so grateful for this time. Thank you again. <clears throat> Yay. So I'd love to start by having you share a little story um, to kind of get you acquainted with my, my community. And um, a question I like to ask sometimes to bring forth a good story is, can you tell us about a time in your life where your pain became your superpower or your grief became your gateway um yeah to bring us into your world a little bit absolutely well one story I love stories yeah they're so great <laughs> stories are the best stories are the way that I communicate my work with the world and it's as a business coach, which is such a broad term, being able to actually have that heart and that soul and mm. tell stories and just simplify this entire process, right? For women who want to share their gifts to the world, that it can be as simple as sharing stories mm. that speak to someone else's heart and unlock the gifts within them, mm. right? So yes, absolutely. What comes to mind first and the reason I launched Living Brave, which was first a podcast and is now my business, which is a coaching business and a retreat business and a global community yeah. 
all goes back to 2017 in Bhaktapur, Nepal. I was working at a kid's center Mm -hmm. for a couple hours a day, and I had been digital nomading for four or five years. So I'd spend a couple hours, you know, you find good Wi-Fi and, and you get the work done. I was actually a financial journalist, like freelancing on the side and kind of was living this double life. It felt like, right. Everything comes full circle. I'm like, Oh, I know why I was a financial journalist, <laughs> Yeah, but in the moment it was like, okay, this traveling yogi in Nepal and kind of writing about what's going on. Right. But I had been traveling for maybe a year or so Uh And I got really sick in Nepal. I was about to go trek the Annapurna circuit, which was going to be like the pinnacle of two years of solo travel. It just showing my independence and freedom. And I got really sick. And at first I, you know, it wasn't a big deal. I had just gotten food poisoning. So this was a few days later. Right. And I had a pretty bad fever, but there was no thermometer. So I didn't really know how bad it was. And it just kind of kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And I was at the small guest house. So it was this really thin mattress, this really medieval city. Mm-hmm. And I had maybe one or two friends, but no really deep connections. Mm-hmm. And I started to get a little worried, right? All the fears start to bubble up to the surface of you know, maybe this is an STD, maybe this is an STI. And I remember walking down, I could barely walk at this point. I was really struggling and I bought, you know, a dollar antibiotics down the street. And I took about two different antibiotics thinking this will just go away. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was, um, Biscuit Jatra, it's the New Year celebration. So there's thousands of people in the main square. They have a big chariot in the center of the square. And if you live on the east side or the west side, all of the men from from the the village, the the city almost come and they play tug of war with this chariot and this huge event. And I remember just holding on for for dear life watching this event. It was hilarious. And so, yeah, things things just got pretty bad. Like I, I remember having many, many blankets. It was a hot day outside and I would go from mm. really hot, really cold. Mm. And finally, the, the guest house owner, he was a Nepalese man. He was like, you need to go to the hospital. And he wanted me to get on the back of his motorbike. He was a very blunt man. And I was like, I'm so sick. I cannot get on the back of this motorbike, Uh right? And I remember how angry I was because he was like, that or we're calling you an ambulance and you're paying for it. And, you know, so I think I finally got on the motorbike. We got to to the hospital and it was like a little you know, it was not what I'm used to is what I'll say. Like I was right. taking photos and I was just like, wow, I feel like I'm in a different world. Uh-huh. And I, I'm used to going to the doctor and saying, Hey, here are my symptoms. You know, can you help me? It's kind right. of this helpless moment. And the doctor was like, you have typhoid. I was like, I just got my typhoid shot. And he looked at me like I was very ignorant. Uh And I started to explain my women's health issues that there was like water basically pouring out of me. And Uh I was like experiencing that. And he just looked at me and said, women sometimes just get stressed. 
and I let out a squeal. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I feel so it. <laughs> angry. I uh-huh. haven't been this angry. And we went back, no mm-hmm. results, right? They didn't tell me anything. And I went on Google and I started Googling and I had seen a few little cuts. In your yoni. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I knew right away there are so many anonymous forums online filled Mm -hmm. with pain and shame and worst case scenarios. And I felt my world actually, my identity collapse. And this is from someone who's like, oh, went to India and I found myself and I'm more than mind and body. And no, no, no healing there are many layers to healing and many layers to shame. So all of the work, it was like, we were back to square one. Right. Uh And, um, that was definitely uh, a low, low. I I was mourning the loss of my life, of my love life, of my adventure, of who I knew myself to be, which is very much attached to our sexuality. And, you know, this idea of clean, um, So long story short, but there was a really attractive French man at the hostel that night. And I remember all of the women were like swooning over him. Uh And I was like, oh gosh, you know, that's it for me. I'll never be able to have a romance like this. And I was in line for the shower and I was going to leave the next day because I got a ticket home right away. Um, And the French man walks up to me. And he's like, has this charm and he's totally charming me. Uh He's like, like, why are you leaving? It must just be the pollution, right? Like, I wish you weren't leaving. And I go back to my room and I just cried Uh thinking about how, what he represented. And two minutes later, I hear a knock on my door and it's the Frenchman. (laughs) And he's like, Hey, I just wanted to know your name. I'm like, oh my. Wow. (laughs) Literally coming to your doorstep to represent this, this big moment for you. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So, so yeah, that was the low, low. And then, you know, it's a couple of years from then until kind of going through a period of mourning and loss and then almost compartmentalizing it of like, oh, I'm more than this. You know, I watched a video that was pretty empowering and I, what we do sometimes with traumatic experiences and with shame is we don't really allow ourselves to feel it and explore it. Right. So that's what I did. And, and and for, for the listeners, the diagnosis you had was for, Oh yeah. (laughs) It was general herpes. So HSV2. I also had HSV1, but those are both. um, Yeah. And so general herpes, which is actually so common. And that's right. That's the reason that this story is, has been so powerful, not only because so many people have herpes and one in two women will get an STI before age 25, but because whether it's herpes or something else, there's usually something, and this is a gap as well, sexual education and sexual empowerment and the empowerment journey in spiritual communities is there's something that you feel makes you less than and sometimes it's even subconscious. So I'm so grateful for this experience because it brought to light, you know, where I was still holding stories about my worth and forgetting about my innate worthiness. Mm -hmm. And so this is where shame becomes a source of your Mm. power because in my journey of rediscovering myself, this was a few years later in Denver, um, I fell into another low Mm. And as you probably know, Nikki, it's that moment of 
I can continue seeking outside of myself, teaching yoga, but not really living the practice. Right. I can continue to go out seven nights a week, run for myself, or I can face myself. I can start to love myself again. I can date myself again. I can rebuild this relationship with me. Mm. And that's exactly what happened in general herpes and sharing that story and Mm. launching living brave. Um, that was a huge piece of it. I started by going on a vulnerability spree. Yeah. So I told all of my partners and guys I'd gone, gone on one date with, right. Uh-huh. About my diagnosis. That's actually wow. how I reconnected with my partner miles. Cause I was like, Hey, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with this story. I know I want to share it. And I want to go to what feels most scary for me is to tell these people who I felt saw me as just a potential partner or just a, a sexual partner. And really what I found is we're always the ones undervaluing ourselves. Mm. And in fact, all of these beautiful people wanted to be my friend. They wanted to share their hearts. Yeah. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful identity shift. Yeah. And um, yeah, pivotal moment. Thank you for, it always feels so good to tell that story because it's, it's a story of us and the collective and what's possible. Yeah, Shosh. And I'm over here. You see my body moving and I'm feeling all of the chills every time I hear this story. Um, there's one piece before I, I go back into it. I'd love for you to share. Wasn't there, I remember you saying like the first few people you told you kind of arrived in sort of a contractive, like, Oh, kind of state. And I'd, I'd love for you to share like how they responded versus how others responded once you sort of owned your story with, with vigor. Um, Cause I think that's so powerful for people to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes to show that the the world is always matching you, right? So that's why it's like, instead of what are all the things I need to do? The question is always, who do I get to become? So the herpes diagnosis, when I was in victimhood, when I was in belief that this would be the end of life as I knew it, which of course it was, but not in the negative way I'd perceived it. And I would cry and I would go into a shell and so the first couple women, I remember my friend, Amanda, who I called and she's darling, right? Yeah. And I told her and we were in this coffee shop in the corner and oh, it felt so good to tell someone, but I also felt like I wanted someone to validate my story. And that's what she did, right? Yeah. So there was like snot flying everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you know? And she's like, oh. I'm so sorry. And told me a story about someone else that she had known who had stayed in an abusive relationship because of herpes. I'm like, Oh gosh. And that continued to happen, Yeah, but not for long because luckily this is a very common thing. So I started to open up more and more and more. And one out of four times, and especially with people very close to me, It would be like, okay, waiting for you to be done. And then is my life over? Yeah. You know, (laughs) I've had it for 20 years. Here's all the stories about Uh how it didn't matter and how it doesn't affect me. And, 
or they'd share with me a kind of painful, isolating story that they haven't quite worked out, but mm. here they are still standing. And yeah. that really emboldened me mm. to start to do two truths and a lie with an Uber driver and say, Hey, I have a double uterus. I have herpes and I have a brother, right? Like I don't have a brother. <laughs> And I just like loved it. We're like, Hey, yeah, have a sip of my drink. I do have herpes, but you're fine. And <laughs> yeah. that shift of playfulness of ownership, people had just, people can't help, but look at that Yes. and people by nature. And I think this is magnetism and how it really draws into business and community growth is like, the more you step into who you are, Yes. The more you shine your light. So the people who aren't for you, they will go in the other direction, but yeah. at least your people can find you and they'll want to calibrate to your bravery. So yeah. that was one of the most exciting pieces mm. about this. I know Nikki, that mm. you probably mm. can resonate with this so strongly because yes. you stretch and I see you stretching <sighs> and meeting the edge of your voice. And I know that your people are like, wow, I see myself in that. I want that. It's inspirational. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Shosh. Thank you for, for recognizing me and, and for reminding us all of that message when we show up in our bravery, despite our circumstances, the circumstances don't matter. In fact, what you've shared with me many times is the circumstances become our fuel, right? Our pain becomes our, our message and um, versus showing up in that, that victim, that pain, people meet us differently and we get to have different conversations and um, gosh, it's, it's so beautiful. And I really love how you, you always carry that in, in your message and your posts and your podcast and all of the things. Um, and, and something about your story just really hit something that's been coming through so strong lately and feels so important to me. And it's that you know, I, I've been asking these big questions and about how, how do I reconcile the, the blessings I have and the freedom I have with all of that that's been lost and all of the blood that's been shed in order for me to have it. And the strongest message that's been coming through on this really big question thus far, a question I feel I'll continue to ask the rest of my life, is focus on your own healing and keep returning to love. And so something you said is so important, right? Because there's a lot of healers or light workers out there, or even just people who, like you said, don't want to look at these shameful parts or something that's really near and dear to you is don't want to look at their relationship with money. Right. And so we, we hold space for others and we go preach to others. And yet there's this big unexamined wound inside or this big pile of shame or this fear. And to me, it feels like an ethical responsibility of all healers, light workers, and the likes to prioritize their own healing. Um, and so what I'm hearing with you is like the universe, God made you do that. And I almost see it at this, as this story, like they knew you were going to be holding space. They knew you were going to be a healer. And so they're like, okay, but you got to look at this. And here comes this diagnosis and here comes this experience. And it's really brought you on this journey of having to reconcile with your own shame and stories around what it means to be okay or worthy. And um, I find that really powerful and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. there's so many layers to it. And yeah. it's such all so much of this is identity work. 
because if we don't want to look at it, right. And this is one of Brene Brown's core teachings. It's like the more that shame lives in the dark, the more power it has over you. So these Mm -hmm. things that go unexamined, we think by speaking them out loud, we'll give them power, but it's actually the opposite. So Mm. it's so liberating and there are many, many layers, right? So I didn't really know that the money layer was there for me, Mm -hmm. but with a commitment to unpack, shame and to speaking to taboos, because I truly believe that taboos are here to keep us disempowered and misinformed, right? Like, let's talk about these things, especially things like sex and money that are such integral pieces of our lives for everyone around the world at this point, right? Yes. And being able to look at that and being able to openly speak about these things, there's a misconception that if we talk about money or if we talk about sex, especially if we talk about money, right? Like, oh, that's rude. We shouldn't do that. Yeah. What it tells me is that we're actually placing so much value on it Mm -hmm. and we're actually connected so strongly with our identity. And once you let it breathe, it's outside of you again. Just like when you say, here's a limiting belief. How funny is that? Look at imposter syndrome, my old friend, right? Like it's not me. (laughs) It's something that I, I carry with me and it's a frequency that I, Mm often hold and that energy management this is like self-leadership right is being Mm -hmm. able to hold different energies and then still do the thing and still choose the belief and still choose the abundant way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so important uh because when when i'm let's say me or someone is carrying those those that shame around money and we don't want to look at that and and oh that's that's rude to even talk about if i hold space for someone i'm now bringing that frequency into our shared space right so it can it can actually impact the the way in which we hold space or or heal or do work in the world um so it feels so so important and because of this i've made my relationship with money, my number one priority right now, because it feels so important. And that's why I found myself in your program. And um, I'm like, okay, I can't carry this, this frequency into my containers. And even in comparing every container I've held until the one I'm holding right now, which is her reclamation, um, there's such a difference in the people that are there, the conversations we can have around money, because I've taken it out of the dark in my own life, right? I'm still on the journey, but it's no longer something I feel shame around. I'm willing to talk about it. I'm willing to share my fears and and where I'm at with that. And so I'd love to ask you, you know, in your work and in your personal life, how does shame link to the money story and like what individual or collective links do you see for people and specifically women if that's relevant around money and shame like are there some big stories or some big beliefs out there that you see again and again that that um, kind of stop people from going here absolutely and I wanted to make a note too. What I love that you said is that I'm still in process and Mm. I get to hold space for these powerful conversations Mm. or guide these powerful conversations. Mm. And I want to make it so clear that like, I too am in process. We all are. And that's why even the quantum wealth program that I led, it's like, 
this is one cycle perhaps of like a, your financial healing journey or financial yeah. empowerment journey or financial liberation journey, whatever way you want to frame it, but just like relationship with self and your growth, <laughs> you know, it's cyclical. And so we get to go through these phases. There's no end destination right. and we get to hold the, the, and like be in the and conversation, mm. especially for us healers. Like I can be in process and Mm. help others and support others in their healing. Mm, This is so, so good. (laughs) So good. And so important. And like slaying that idea of perfectionism, you know, that's so loud out there. It's like, no, like we're not perfect. And we get to be of service at the same time, as long as for me, like we can own that, like, like we're talking about and say, yeah, I'm in process. I'm still on the path too. I'm Mm. not perfect. And owning your own mastery, right? And I think we think of like mastery and expertise as like all the certifications and the trainings and yes, like continuing to invest in yourself and learning, but it's like walking through the fire. Mm -hmm. That is something, right? Like I've walked through the fire. I've lived this and I'm still in process, but I think that we don't always give ourselves credit for that. And such a big part of this journey as light workers, as healers, as owning the the magic, the gift, Mm. the power of your own work. And that's magnetic too. And when you can do that, you don't have to prove it. And you can be in integrity and say, I believe in this. I'm inviting you in. It does call in a very different kind of person, right? Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to hear that about your new program. And yeah, yeah, the, the shame conversation So it's interesting because the way that we can reframe money and wealth is from a place of neutrality. Mm. So it's hard when you actually look at like your money stories, which I know in quantum wealth, we dug into like the different attachment styles and the different styles that we have, right? Like someone who is more prone to hoarding wealth and doesn't trust that it's continuing to come to you or someone who is in an avoidant pattern who maybe also struggles with intimacy with other aspects Mm -hmm. of life or feels like it's a big responsibility or someone who is in an overspending cycle where they don't know the difference between genuine desire and really unconscious like behavior with wealth Mm -hmm. and don't feel safe right holding that frequency right so shame like the shame story there's always a core shame narrative that I believe is like it's we're not born with it right but every time you were told hey don't do that thing or hey that's not good enough Mm -hmm. or be this way or do that thing or you're a burden or you're taking up too much space that narrative is formed Mm -hmm. and then that gets projected onto money so you might find in the attachment styles and the way you are with money and then also in the collective idea uh, that we have around wealth, um, you might find it in like, well, I'm afraid I'll change, right? I'm afraid I won't be right. relatable. I'm afraid that that makes me greedy. And mm. we get to just look at those stories and take our power back mm. and say, I am the thing that life responds to. And therefore I am the thing that money responds to. Mm-hmm. It is simply it's made up, right? Like everyone, if they want to go to the bank and take out all their money, it doesn't even exist. Uh So it's like, it is a frequency is an energy that it's infused with your energy. So it truly is 
an amplifier. Mm. So that's why, and I've experienced this myself because with every level of financial milestone, there is a scarcity trigger. Yeah. And so if you don't actually reconcile that, that's why the more money that you have, you can still be living in deep, deep scarcity, right? right? Like the biggest milestone I had in my business in the book, maybe this was like last year, um, I kind of freaked out and I was like, I don't think I can hire. I think I need to let go of my OBM and I might just get a yoga job. And it was this Uh whole experience that didn't actually have to do with the money itself. So there's so many layers of it, Yeah, Um, but it's really empowering. And it's also an act of radical personal responsibility Mm -hmm. to say, that is so funny. I would give this, (laughs) I would give money like this meaning. I am a meaning giver. Mm. I give everything in my life, meaning and depth. Mm -hmm. Why can't I change this narrative? Yes. Oh, Yeah. Such a powerful for me realization that money just responds to me. Like here I was thinking like money's this great force that almost controls me and I have to respond to money. Okay. I have money. I can do things. I don't have money. I have to hold it. And when you say money responds to you, it's like, wow. Okay. Um, and, and it's interesting because I understand this with a lot of things, or I'd like to say like earlier in my life, I understood this with a lot of other, other things. Like I understood everything is energy, but for some reason with money, it was harder. And I see you like nodding your head. I think it's that way for a lot of people. And, you know, I don't know if it's because it's so attached to our safety or because there's so much stigma around it. Um, but it's, it's really interesting to see why that, that money for some reason, you know, there's, there's so many people, conscious people on the path and they understand energy is everything, but, but with money, there's something there that's extra difficult or sticky for a lot of us. Um, Absolutely. And one way to break that is to allow yourself to experience Mm. the pleasure that can come from, from letting it move and circulate in a, in a really life-giving way. Yeah. And this is where, you know, we have the rise of conscious entrepreneurship and of impact investing and things like this, but I truly believe, and I'm a business coach, right? That your business is a sacred ceremony mm. really with money. Like you're going on transformations. People are committing to themselves <laughs> and they're meeting you with a financial commitment and we get to circulate that and we get to continue to circulate Mm. wealth and money for the benefit of our communities Mm. and so this could look like real intentional purchases and it could also look like you your pleasure that's enough there's nothing wrong with having a spa day there's everything right with that right and allowing that like that pleasure to come back in their relationship mm-hmm. with wealth instead of the guilt that comes sometimes from unconscious spending that comes from a place of, I need money to make me feel something almost like we numb with TV or we numb with mm-hmm. screens or anything like that and actually enter mm-hmm. a conscious relationship because yeah. it really is here to support. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really appreciated that teaching in your course, uh, having an intimacy with money and really having a relationship with money. And 
one of the exercises you had us do was like, it was like writing a letter, I think, or something and, and having us ask the question, what's it like for money to be in relationship with me? And that was so eye opening because it's like, oh, you used an analogy. Um, maybe, maybe you can share this analogy better than I can, but you were talking about how our relationship with money is reflected in our relationships um, with people. And you were sort of describing this idea where what if you had a partner that every time you came, they'd hold on to you and fear that you were going to leave. And then, um, you know, kind of describing yeah. how a lot of us treat money. And so, oh my gosh. <laughs> and this is why so many women in this program, and this is why even my business coaching programs, it's like, it's so much more than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's never just that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I needed this. And I was drawn to this because of the wealth consciousness, but also like, I see my, how I am with myself and in relationship because it is a mirror. And this has been such an eye opener for me because I am an anxious attachment style. Right. And so that narrative actually reflects like, you know, not so aggressively, but sometimes what I will do, it's like, you know, you, you just really like beg them to come over and you really want them to come over and then they come over and you're like, you don't feel comfortable and you're just afraid they're going to leave the whole time. You're just freaking <laughs> yeah. out that they're going to leave. So they ditch, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. never mind, right? Bye. But it's like, they're there and you're just like, wait, uh, no, it's not enough, right? You're looking mm-hmm. for someone. It's like, and then you're out with your friends and your family and you're, you're kind of talking about how you don't really need them. You don't really want them. And it's really confusing. Mm-hmm. Right. This is like yeah. toxic relationship. Yeah. Right Right. So how powerful to examine that. Um, So one thing I want to leave for those of you listening as almost like an invitation for a small starting point, if this is something you're curious about, is simply looking at your relationship, your intimacy with money and asking yourself that question that Shoshana so beautifully asked me um, a while ago, which is, what is it like for money to be in relationship with you? Um, such a, such an eye opener, really, really powerful. Mm, yeah. Creating that sovereignty yeah. right? and not being in a reactive state all mm. the time, like sorting out, what do we really believe? What do we feel like if we have to, every time that we talk about our work or our business or our passion say, but it's not really about the money. Like, what is that telling us? Of course, mm-hmm. you know, of course, it's not just about that but do you have to feel guilt and shame around wanting it around being financially abundant and successful? Why can't it be both? Why can't we have an and conversation? And I think that that would be so supportive (laughs) to reflect on as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really a great um, light. You're shining, shining on a beautiful pathway. So thank you. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a question in my mind that's burning and I really wanted to bring this here because for me, and I know for other women out there, one of the big fears around specifically like becoming a leader or a CEO and making a lot of money is this question around like, well, if I am this, this boss CEO and I'm, I'm, I have this business or I'm, I'm, you know, a leader in my position at work, how will that impact a relationship with 
a, a man or a masculine partner, right? Like this, this idea of wanting to remain or, or be able to lead from a feminine place. And, and for me, there was a fear a lot for a long time and it still comes up like, well, if I really become a leader and I'm making an impact and I'm serving thousands of people, can I really still be in my feminine? And, and if I can't, how's that going to impact a relationship with a masculine partner? And so I'd love for you to address this question and I'd love to hear almost first what I'd love to hear is, you know, you're in a relationship with a, with a beautiful human, um, miles for those of you who don't know, he's also like a light worker and a healer and such a beautiful human. And you are this, this leader and you have this multiple six figure business and you're leading this movement. And so has there been any challenges along the way in your relationship and have you had to have any you know challenging conversations or set boundaries in order to make that possible so that you two are still um in intimacy together in a way that feels good absolutely i'm really excited about this question and one piece of it i want to address that i this had been a question for me that came from some of my clients. And then I reflected on it with some of my mentors. So it's kind of just like sourced, um, a sourced answer. But as I continue to hold, I guess the word I'll use is hold space and then I'll break that down, but have more women in my programs. I'll have people come to me and say, wow, there's, how do you hold space for so many women? Mm -hmm. And one thing that, you know, for me, I'm like, well, it doesn't feel like more, right? It doesn't feel like I'm being weighed down or like more responsibility. It feels actually really exciting and energizing. And of course there's a level of responsibility, but in the way in which you call people forward, right? If you call people forward in their power, like Nikki, the way you showed up to my program and the way that we're in relationship right now, there's no element of, I'm here to fix you Mm. and I am somehow carrying your weight. Right. Mm. And so it's automatically you in my life is the net positive. So I'm actually getting charged by you in my space because of the way that you are called forward, not from a pain point marketing place or not from a, Hey, I have secrets come get fixed. It's like, Hey, Do you want to embark on this Mm. journey with a guide, with a community, because you feel worthy of it and because you're ready and because you're making a sovereign empowered choice. So I feel like that can take the pressure off of like, oh gosh, more work, more responsibility. And then this idea of the coach versus the leader. And I had one of my mentors say this to me too. She's like, you know, every time it was like, I'm holding more and more and more space. And then the leader in me saw me leading like, you know, big auditoriums with thousands of people in a global brand with millions of people. And that's a lot of space. Okay, wait. Uh (laughs) And so we kind of have to put on our leader hat, Mm. which is like, it's not really about holding those people. It's about illuminating your light, right? So it's limitless and it's not a weight. It's just like, I am shining so bright and it's just expanding and reaching more people yeah and then it doesn't have to be like oh gosh now we're CEOs 
now we're, we're in charge of all these people. Absolutely not. Right. I actually feel so much more liberated than I used to. When I look back and I had so many days where I would just get frustrated and cry because I didn't feel like I was truly living in my purpose and fulfillment. Yeah. And then if the work gets challenging, there are so many amazing people who can help support mm. and like do the tech stuff and, and yeah. be a support coach. And so there are so many ways you can structure a business as it scales, where it doesn't yeah. have to feel like this element of sacrifice, right? It can be like the and conversation. I have a mentor who just slayed it. She was pregnant. She had, she made like a half a million dollars while she was pregnant. She's just, <laughs> wow. She's like I work, you know. She's just, and that's what she stands for too. And I think that this is the new way we can look at things is like, I'm creating value and not so much like to make more, to do more, to be more, to lead bigger. I have Mm. to give more of me and sacrifice, right? It's almost like, where can I actually just hone in my artistry and my mastery and my and my create my creative genius and that can actually be really life-giving so I, I like to think about it like that yeah yeah oh so beautiful and one thing you said that I just want to reiterate because it's so important is you know bringing people into your sphere not through pain points or this is how I'm going to fix you because that's really alive. You know, we have Instagram now and there's like so many coaches and teachers and this and that. And you see that a lot, like here's how you're suffering and this is how I'm going to fix you. So you're better. And so I'm just so glad you named that. I'm over here snapping like, yes, that is, that is why I joined your program because I don't resonate with people who tell me they're going to fix me because a, it doesn't feel good. You know, I'm not joining those, those containers from a place of joy. I'm like, Oh God, I, you know, it feels like I'm broken. And, and, and for me, I'm at a point where I know I'm not broken. So it just straight up doesn't resonate anymore. And, um, you really empower people to, Hey, come on in if you want, like, we're going to be doing this thing. We're going to, we're going to create this quantum field. It's going to be awesome. And if you don't want to come, that's cool. Hang out. Here's the podcast. Here's other things. So I really appreciate that about you. And thank you for, for doing that. Um, yeah. Thank you for that reflection. That's so amazing to hear. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I'm so grateful for women like you who are in my space and, you know, speaking to the the life giving aspect of business and not having to sacrifice. Like I will say that it's also really challenging because you're choosing to be in relationship with your business. And that also can fall if you have codependent patterns and all of it. I mean, there's so many things that are intertwined, but there are definitely points on my journey where I've lost my internal validation system and I somehow Mm. confuse my offer Mm. with myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're saying no or yes to me. And so it gets, I will say like, it does become a personal spiritual growth journey in a way that working for someone else has not been for me. (laughs) So this has been a huge, Mm. when you're a personal brand, you get to evolve and express yourself through your business. So that's a path I choose, but it's definitely not for everyone. Cause even if I'm here saying it can be life-giving, it can actually be simple. It doesn't mean that 
actually your shadows won't be revealed Mm -hmm. that you won't be like, wow, I'm a different person than I was two months ago with all of the beauty. There's a grief actually that comes with that as well. Yeah. Sure. You can relate. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, an intimate partnership is a great way to grow, but start a business where the brand (laughs) is from your soul. Like that, it brings up so much. It brings up Mm -hmm. so much and it, it's, you know, it's, there's the fact that I get to be, have a sense of freedom with my business and I can go anywhere and create my own schedule. But, but what actually keeps me doing this more than service, there's service, there's freedom. And then there's the growth. Like I get, it invites me to continue my own healing journey and it shows me my blind spots. And for that, I'm so grateful. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you had asked about, you know, how this weaves into the partnership with Miles and I, we are both Scorpios and Uh, (laughs) we're both quite intense. Of course (laughs) you are. Yes, of course you are. You're a triple Scorpio. Uh Uh-huh. I remember (laughs) that. I was like, Remember when I found that out at the women's event and I was just like, yes, she is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that is so amazing. So we're passionate, right? Like we, we can be really passionate. And if we're excited about our work, we can get into work. So I think that's when it comes to like the challenge, I think it's prioritizing. And I've, I've tried to not make myself wrong. If like, it's a Sunday, there's no rules, right? I try to eliminate rules that don't need to be there. Yeah. So if it's a Friday and I don't want to work or a Monday and I don't want to work, that's cool. If it's Sunday and I'm really stoked about this project that Mm. I want to put out into the world, I won't make myself wrong for wanting to work on it. And I think the self-mastery and the energy regulation Mm -hmm. comes into where am I overdoing it out of place out of a place of lack, or am I not doing enough Mm -hmm. versus genuine inspiration and creative flow? Yeah. So we really have to watch that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think both having our own projects as entrepreneurs is like so helpful in terms of the personal sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And I sovereignty is like Miles's core value. He has his mastermind. That's just like no real like leader or coach. It's just like a group of men. They call it the sovereign mastermind, which I love. Mm -hmm. So that's a core value of his. Yeah. And it's been so beautiful to, to grow together and in in our businesses and navigate new things and, you know, hitting new milestones and miles is like, wow, this is different. I'm like, this is different. Yeah. I don't think anything's changed here. So let's just go for the ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm hearing like, a couple of things I'm extracting from what you just shared. One is, is this continuous flow and, and less rules because I imagine there's times, especially with two entrepreneurs and leaders in relationship, you know, where, where maybe sometimes it'd be hard to have rules, right? Because you both, like you said, oh, I'm inspired and it's a Sunday and now I need to, I need to do this. And, and same with him. And so I imagine there's this dance to, giving each other space to fulfill and continue in your mission and to find time to come together and connect between that. Uh, so I imagine part of that is just willingness to have those conversations and like be vulnerable. Like, like you always talk about and say, Hey, I'm missing you. Like, can we, can we carve some time? It's, it's been a while or, or something like that. Um, so I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing you nod your head. Um, 
and I, and I want to bring that point forward because I think it's so important for, for relationships in general, right? Um, oftentimes, as you know, I started my, my journey strictly working in relationships. And um, what I see sometimes is maybe I miss my partner, but that's really vulnerable to share. So it'll come out sideways and it'll come out like you work too much or you never make time for me in sort of this like blaming kind of statement. And, and what's really underneath that is I just miss you. I just want to want to be with you. So, yeah, um, yeah, Absolutely. I yeah. Yeah. It, it's so important to be with someone who meets you in your power yeah. meets you in your fire and is like, yes, even if you're crushing it and you might not even have, like, we do make time for each other, but just say you're going on a trip somewhere for work, but like, there might be a part of me that I can, I can vocalize and say a part of me is jealous. A part of me feels like this, but my truth is that I'm so excited for you. And so that's a conversation that will come up as well. It's not that mm. jealousy, the, the fear, the, you know, little snaps and things like that don't come out, but there's always like a, Hey, this is the truth. We're, in, mm. we're not pretending. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so rich. Thank you, Shosh. Like just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean you have to do something about it right? So the, the courage and the vulnerability and the willingness to say, Hey, I'm feeling jealous that you're going to go on this trip and be spending all this time with other people. And I'm so happy for you. And you need to go do this and follow your soul, right? Um, that willingness to own your feelings without needing someone else to fix it, which for me, that just means cool. Now I get to go into this jealousy. Now I get to go deeper here and see what's inside and, and deepen my intimacy with my own darkness or, or difficult feelings, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's really, really special. Yeah. Um, there was another point on your relationship and it's escaped me. So, um, there's a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot in there. Um, but thank you for, for sharing a bit of that, because I think it's a big piece for, for women who are growing into a, a leader um, is yeah. how does, how does this work in relationship? Can this work? Because, you know, many of our parents or grandparents came from a paradigm in which that couldn't work and the, the woman couldn't be a mm -hmm. leader. Right. And so we're, we're sort of shifting paradigms here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a priority, <laughs> like that trust in your own power. Yeah. You know, this is, it's not, I'm, that's not a compromise I'm willing to make. And so yeah. we just, we get to look at that. Like how do our actions and how we're prioritizing things line up with our vision for our lives, like yeah. our mission here, what we're here to do. And yeah. people will meet you in that power. Like yeah. someone who loves you doesn't want to keep you small and <laughs> going, you can, you can be so many things. I think that I just had a conversation with one of my mentors. Her name's Jackie Carr. We, we did an IG live today. And one thing she really brought to my world was, hey, let's do your values, right? Your core values, but here's your business values and your personal values. Mm. And I always thought that was compartmentalizing yeah. because that's what we do in the corporate world, right? And right. I was kind of always like vulnerability, share everything. Mm -hmm. And so what she really was doing there is like your brand 
can be an amplification of you. It can be an expression. You can be a representation of your brand and your business, but there's a part of you that's sacred if you choose. You can have a sacred personality. You can have a sacred partnership, your children, mm. and like parts of your life that like one of my core personal values is goofy humor. And like, yeah. you might see that, <laughs> but like, you might not, right? right. If you're really inner circle, like we work together one-to-one, maybe, yeah. but it gets to be, it gets to be different. We get to wear so many different hats mm-hmm. and we don't have to say, because I'm a leader and because I'm growing something really powerful, that's me now, right? We get to still create oh. those boundaries of like, I'm still a mother. I'm still a sister. I'm still a mountain woman. I still mm. go to yoga every day. Like I get to be all of the things, be in the yeah. and conversation, design my business so that I don't feel like I need to be in it all the time. It's a, it's a conscious amplification mm. of certain aspects of me and of creations that have come from my heart. Yeah. And that move through. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What a beautiful distinction and an important just remembrance that we can have those sacred parts that aren't leader us or business owner us because it can start, the lines can start to become blurred. And I really feel it's important to have those boundaries because I don't want to be in my leader all the time, right? Sometimes I just want to relax and be goofy, silly with my partner and just chill out. And um, yeah, thank you for that. What a, what a, what a beautiful remembrance. Thank you to Jackie um, as well. (laughs) Yeah. So um, as we wind down here, I, I just want to open one final space for you to share anything that comes through, if anything at all, any final words of wisdom or reminders to our listeners who, who might be, who are definitely on the journey and, and maybe some of them are in places you have been not so long ago or long ago. And, and anything that just wants to come out as, as final words of wisdom and love and encouragement on this journey towards liberation, leadership, um, empowerment. One thing that comes to mind is that if someone is at this point of the episode and they're in your world, there is a part of them that is so much more powerful and true and real than anything, than all of the doubts and fears mm and beliefs and limitations and it knows it's calling them forward to dream bigger and not just dream bigger but be the rebel breathe be the rule breaker do the brave thing if someone's at this point of the episode i know there's a part of you that's here to to live an extraordinary life and that means finding the extraordinary in the ordinary it doesn't have to mean, you know, doing something drastic. It means to have depth and purpose mm-hmm. and presence in the everyday. And by definition, that is extraordinary is living an ordinary life with purpose. <sighs> and so invitation to just know that you're not like the others. You're not like most people. And 
I don't want you to leave this world without sharing your unique gifts with the people who need them and giving it at least 110% (laughs) because you deserve it. And the world needs your words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you, Shash. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. This has been so energizing. I was like, I'm so cozy and snuggly. And I'm like, all right, I want to go see live music. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tends to happen when two people come together and um, yeah, just have a conversation. And um, yes, I'm so, so grateful for you. And I'd love for you to just speak. you know, I know your offerings and programs are ever changing. So I'll have all your links and stuff in the show notes so people can go find you on, on what line, definitely follow Shosh on Instagram. Her posts are so inspiring and beautiful um, in all the places, but I'd, I'd love for you to know just in this, or for you to share in this moment, like, who are you here for right now? So listeners can get an idea if, if, if your field is where they belong. Mm. I'm here for anyone who knows that when they speak their truth, the world is a better place because of it. Mm. Period. Yeah. (laughs) And so all of you are welcome. And I love that. And I I love how multidimensional this community can be. And so many of my offers support heart-centered leaders and entrepreneurs on their path of growing community and taking people on transformations and growing a business that feels life-giving. Yeah. So I love community building. I love leadership. I love mm. the grounded ethical strategy. Um, and yeah, I have a couple different places for people to plug in. I work with some earlier stage entrepreneurs in my EBA. So it's really mm. fun build their first programs and do all of the foundations in a way that's really different really empowering and then work with higher level entrepreneurs and I think my mastermind my one-to-one containers and mm-hmm. always have fun like little immersions going on like quantum wealth and a storytelling program yeah. so yeah re- regardless of all of that my favorite part about this is when I get to meet people mm-hmm. when I get to learn about you and what lands and what resonates this is this is the why right Nikki like I'm just so I'm so grateful I'm so happy to be here and yeah anyone who's been touched by this conversation I read all my dms I read all my emails and things like that so send me a message on instagram it's usually where I hang out it's shoshana underscore raven yes and yeah all my offerings are on my website shoshanaraven.com yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Everyone go find Shosh. You'll be super happy you did. And I just love you. What a, what a true honor to have you today. Hugging you from across the world. Thank you so much, my sister. It's been a true blessing to have you. <laughs> wow. 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 What an incredibly jam-packed and wisdom-filled episode. I highly recommend listening to that one again, even taking notes. And, you know, it's somewhat uncommon for 
the conversation of money to make its way into platforms such as this that are so deeply focused around healing and such. And yet I find it so important to bring the conversation of money into this realm, right? It's, there's a lot of light workers or healers or teachers out there that sort of disregard the conversation around money and kind of this way where it's like, oh, I don't need money. Like I just, I'm just here for the mission. And, um, while I, I resonate with that and I understand that piece, you know, not, not living your mission for money at the same time, if there's this big gaping wound around money and wealth and we don't acknowledge it, then we're actually bypassing that wound and that bypassing, um, affects the essence that we carry, right? As a healer or a space holder. And that essence bleeds into any container we hold, any client we see, any workshop we put on. And so, you know, there's, there's sort of a sticky energy in the healing world of, um, money yuck. Uh, there's a lot of healers or space holders or coaches that are in this scarcity mindset and you can feel it in the way they present their offers. You can feel it in the way they kind of try to trick people into joining their offerings or paying different prices, right? Many of us have been on the other side of that sort of sticky energy around money where you're like, what's going on here? And that comes from their own scarcity wounds and their own um, disempowered relationship with money, right? So for me, reconciling and healing my relationship with money has been one of the most profound healing journeys of my life and continues to be as I am still on the journey, of course and probably will be forever. <laughs> so I hope that this conversation has served you, my beautiful, beautiful community brothers and sisters. And I invite you to pull that practice that Shoshana shared in this uh, conversation and ask yourself, what is it like for money to be in relationship with me? Right? And the invitation is to get really honest here and and really go deep and, and write it down. What is it like for money to be in relationship with me right now? It's a really beautiful starting point to um, open up this portal that is available to all of us, which is coming into a healthy relationship with wealth and money. So my loves, I will include all the links in the show notes. I'll have Shoshana's website. I will have the link to her um, upcoming EBA round, which is Empowered Business Accelerator. That starts in mid-April. So by the time you're listening to this, you have about a week to get in there. I highly suggest you go check that out, especially if you are a heart-centered leader and business owner. And I will also have her Instagram and her Living Braid podcast linked up, which I can't recommend enough. Definitely go check out Living Brave. It's such a beautiful show and community. So, my darlings, thank you so much for joining me once again. I'm sending you so much love wherever you are, so much courage, strength, and I will catch you in the next episode.